This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Mahomes the snap, Raiders bring four, Crosby off the edge, gets on his back, and brings him down back at the 18-yard line. Again out of the shotgun, pressure up the middle, floats one to the back corner of the end zone, over the shoulder, grab, touchdown, Hunter Renfro! This one, no doubt about it! As the clock will head towards zero and put an end on the 2022 Raiders season. That concludes Link with a loss to the Chiefs here at home, 31-13. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. This is our Monday night spot. Normally it's Monday night football we're talking about, but tonight we're talking about the national championship game. TCU in Georgia, number one versus number three. SEC versus little brother in the Big 12. Who's going to win? Who's going to come out on top? Well, we'll find out in a matter of just a little bit as uh, the games will be on the many TVs we have here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. We also have food and drink specials and a lot of prizes to give away that we have here on the table inside the Underground Lounge. All you got to do is come on by, say what's up, and get hooked up just like that. Joining us on the phone lines now from the NFL Network is our good friend Steve Weish. And Steve, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Last time we talked to you, it was following the Christmas Eve game, and uh, that was Pittsburgh, and it was cold, and you were on the sidelines. I think being in Las Vegas this weekend was a lot warmer for you. Uh, yes, a lot warmer. I could have been <laughs> in my refrigerator and been a lot warmer than I was in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, the game that you saw, you saw the Raiders and the Chiefs wrap up the 2022 regular season. The Chiefs get the 31-13 victory. How, how big of a surprise is the Raiders' 2022 season? Was that for you? Yeah, I mean, it was incredibly disappointing. When you talk about surprises, you know, we this is, look, coming into the season, we were like, oh, the AFC West, you know, the Broncos, the, the Raiders, the Chiefs and the Chargers, all those teams are going to be threatening for playoff positions, and and the Raiders just couldn't put it together. I mean, we thought we were going to see this magic with, you know, Waller and Adams and Jacobs and Renfro, Um and it, they just, you know, they were rarely on the field at the same time because of injuries. Derek Carr did not have a great year. They, they didn't figure out their offensive identity until about halfway through the season, and that was getting the ball to Josh Jacobs. So, huge, huge disappointment. You know, I, I had some questions coming into the season about their defense, especially in their secondary. And those questions, you know, were answered by some of my cynicism. Um, but... Hugely disappointing. I mean, I think most people around the NFL thought that they would be a playoff type of team, especially after what they showed last year, fighting through all that turmoil and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Right, and after picking up Devontae Adams, I thought there's no no doubt they're going to be a playoff team. And, well, here we are. There's a reason why they play the games. They're 6-11 and 11 to wrap up the season. Again, we're talking with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So when you look at head coach Josh McDaniels and you get to talk to him and, you know, you see what he's putting out there, this is obviously his second go-around uh, as a head coach. Do you, do you see what it takes to be a head coach in Josh McDaniels, or do you see a really good offensive coordinator? Wow, I mean, I think I think that's still yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, you know, when I talked to players, they weren't coming down on Josh like he, right. you know, like he's a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, they mm-hmm. seem to be really behind him. So that that says a lot. Uh, you know, you just, you know, we we talk about you know is he a really good offensive coordinator? Well, you know what's the offensive identity? Like I said, they didn't find it to midway through the off the midway through the season, and that's you know him kind of figuring out what his personnel was, who who could do what. 
You know, a lot of that was because Waller was hurt for a while. Renfro was hurt for a while. Right. And and so, you know, we'll see. I mean, next year is going to be much more of a of a telltale year as to what their quarterback situation is, what the upgrades at talent are going to be, you know, especially on defense to see if they can put it together and be a complete football team. Maybe then we'll figure out, you know, if Josh McDaniels is a really good head coach. Yeah, every guy that we talked to in the locker room today all has support of the head coach, and I feel like that they're really close with him and believe in the you know in the direction that they're going. But they also have to see it, right? I mean, that, that's a, that's a product of they want to see uh, the wins, and a lot of that falls on their shoulders, but it also uh, falls on the shoulders of the head coach as well. So defensively, I see Max Crosby as the dude coming back. Obviously, he's he's the guy. Chandler Jones, I see, expect to see him coming back. But Steve, it looks like there's a lot of overhaul that means, needs to be done defensively to be able to compete with the guys you saw on Saturday. I mean, how many how, how many defensive guys do you think that they really need to add? Some dudes that they need to add on that defensive side of the ball. A lot, a lot. I mean, their secondary big issues. Yeah. Um, they're linebackers. Huge issues. I mean, Perryman's a stud, but that's a that's a major problem right there. You know, their interior D front. They they have issues at all three levels um, to be a functioning defense, especially in this division. So they've got to add some veterans. They've got to draft well, and they've got to develop. And that's that's the huge thing when you know how good the staff is. Is when they can take a third or fourth rounder and turn him into an every down guy who can play for six, seven, ten years. I mean, that's something we need to see out of the staff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Steve Weiss is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So as far as the quarterback position goes, uh, we all believe that, you know, Derek Carr has seen his last snap as the Raiders uh, quarterback. One, let me ask you, what do you think that the Raiders could get for him in a, in a trade value? What do you think his market would look like? That's a great question because I think most teams are expecting him to get cut. Right. You know, when you've got that – that third day after the league year deadline, you know, why are you going to force the issue unless you desperately want him? And there's going to be some quarterbacks available. So I think most teams are going to wait for him to be cut. Um, I, I have no idea. I haven't spoken in, in, you know, with anybody as to his trade value, but you know, it's not going to be a first rounder, you know, nothing right. like that. Right. No, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, obviously the Raiders have to adjust that position. What did you think about what you saw from Jared Stidham the last couple of games? You know, especially against the 49ers, I thought he was really good. I mean, that's a really good defense. He moved well. He threw the ball well. The Chiefs confounded him a little bit. I mean, they did a good job of taking away Devontae, some of the things he liked to do. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's not going to be their starter. I'd be stunned if they're thinking about him being their starter next year. I mean, don't get rid of Derek Carr for Jared Stidham. Right. You know, they're either going to draft one or, you know, sign a veteran free agent or both. Um, so... You know, we'll we'll see what direction that goes in. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a veteran to be brought in, and you you know the names that are out there: Tom Brady, Jimmy G. You know, maybe there's a couple others, but I expect one of those two guys. How much do you think uh, TB12 still has in him? He can still play. I mean, look at the numbers he put up this year. He he played pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his offensive line wasn't what it was, and he's someone who's got to have that protection. Yeah to be effective because, you know, he catches it and gets rid of it. I don't know if he's coming to the Raiders. He's not going anywhere unless he feels he's got a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl. And right. with all the overhaul we're talking about and everything, I don't know if you can sit here and say the Raiders are going to be that team. You never know. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see about Jimmy Garoppolo as well. There's going to be a market for those guys. 
So we'll just see how much the draft impacts you know, where they could be headed in free agency, and, and we'll see if Tom Brady still wants to play. My man DeMond wants to go around the league with you. Before we do that, I did want to ask you about Josh Jacobs. He's the rushing champ. Uh, I thought that that was a nice feather in the cap for him in a year where he didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. How valuable is that, not only in his contract negotiations, but just, again, like I said, a nice feather in the cap for Jacobs? It's huge. I mean, besides him being the rushing champ, he was he was their dude. I mean, he's yeah. when you hear Nick Bosa say, that's the best running back I've played against, I'm sorry. <laughs> That that tells me everything I need to know. So, because Nick Bosa is a dude. And so, <laughs> for him to say something like that, Josh is like, thank you. Uh, my agent will be sending you a commission check. <laughs> I know, that's right. Again, <laughs> Steve Weiss from the NFL Network is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Damon. The Texans released Lovey Smith from his duties as head coach after one season. And it seems I know this is not the this is not true, but it's the narrative he failed to get the number one pick. What do you think about Lovey Smith being let go by the Texans? I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, they, they didn't they didn't get any better than last year when they fired David Culley after one year. This is an organization that has shown, you know, over the past couple of years, it really doesn't know what they're doing. Um, you know, you pay Deshaun Watson to stay away. You lose ball games. You get a high pick. You change coaches. You lose more ball games. You still don't have a foundation. Um, so, you know, look, you can't blame this on Lovey. You could have put Vince Lombardi back there. He, he might have won five games. <laughs> they didn't have a ton of talent. Seriously, they didn't have a ton of talent. Yeah. They played hard. You know, but, you know, an eight-year-old AAU team is going to play hard against a 10-year-old team. But guess who's going to win? Right. You know, you got to win ball games, and so this is this is really no surprise. And you know, I, you just have to wonder how appealing that job would be to someone who's like an upstart, hot candidate like a Danico Ryan who played there, or to a veteran type of head coach or, or somebody who's interested. Remember, they they flirted with Josh McCown for a couple of years. That's who they really wanted to hire, mm-hmm. um, but they opted to go with some veteran guys. You know, while they continue to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And the Cardinals, they fired Cliff Kingsbury. The Broncos, their job is also available after releasing Nathaniel Hackett. Who do you think, or which team do you think is the most attractive job of the positions that are available for head coach? The most attractive job is Denver. Um, You know, you've got a great fan base. You know, you've got your quarterback, if you think Russell Wilson can still play. But they've got players there. I mean, they've got structure there. When you look at some of the other, I mean, you want to tell me the Arizona's got structure or Houston's got structure? Um, you know, Arizona, Kyler Murray, we don't even know if he's going to be back next year because of the ACL injury and the timing of when he suffered it. So, you know, Carolina, no quarterback. And the Colts, no quarterback. So Denver, out of all those jobs, is the most attractive, but... You know, you, you, you just look at some of the other ownership issues and things like that, and that's where, you know, a coach who's serious about his, his business needs to look at everything and all his organization and say, is this the healthiest place for me to resume my career? Or like I said, for an upstart guy, to say, is this, how, is this where I want to start my career and do I even have a chance here? And my follow-up to that is going to be, who's the hottest head coaching candidate that you think that's out there? Huh. Well, Sean Tate. I mean, that's... You know, that's a layup. You want to put one at the rim a little bit higher for me? I'm dunking that one. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm dunking that one in with my eyes closed. It's Sean Payton. 
Um, right. you know, whoever goes after him is going to have to give up some trade compensation. But, you know, some of the young names you're going to hear, you know, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator at Detroit Lions, you know, people are like, this guy kind of reinvented some stuff offensively. We really like him. Shane Steichen, the OC um, with the Eagles. Uh, John Gannon, his, the defensive coordinator with the Eagles. D'Amico Ryans, absolutely. I don't know why people aren't talking about Eric Bieniemy as much because I think what he's done this year, and we saw it Saturday, where they've yeah. taken all kind of new pieces and they've made that team even better. Um, so, you know, look, it all depends on, on the flavor of, of what a team wants. You know, I think kind of the young, hot, upstart guy, maybe that cycle is, is still in play a little bit, but some of these teams need some veteran structure as well. You know, I really hope a guy like Steve Wilkes, if he doesn't get an opportunity yeah. in Carolina, gets an opportunity someplace else just to bring some maturity and, and some stability to an organization because I think he did a hell of a job in his time in Carolina this year under some very adverse circumstances. And he did a good job when he was in Arizona, I thought. I thought he did for what he was, the, the cards that he was dealt. I thought that he did a pretty good job there. And in Carolina, you're right, he turned them around when they could have easily said 3-2-1 uh, Cabo very early after the rule got fired. So uh, Steve yeah, Wilkes is definitely a guy, you know, a guy I'm paying attention to. You, you mentioned Saturday and you mentioned Eric Bieniemy. What did you think of the, uh, the merry-go-round play that they had, that they ran? A ring around the roses, whatever they call it. Yeah, they <laughs> right. called it the Arctic, the Arctic Circle with reindeer personnel. Um, okay. No, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a great play. You know, Mahomes, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the huddle, you know, is what it is. Like Mahomes said, if you're going to do something like that, it better work. Right. And it worked. And he said they had been practicing a version of that, but without the throwback that they did to Kadarius Tony to get it into the end zone. Look, it's fun. I know some people are like, oh, it was disrespectful. Well, stop it then. Right. It's only disrespectful if you, if you let them score on you. Stop. I thought it was genius. <laughs> I thought it was genius. I really did. I mean, the way that everyone went in the circle, then all of a sudden you see Mahomes is in the backfield, and most people aren't going to catch that. And that's the reason for it. I right. thought it was a genius play. <laughs> he, was, he was the option back. People forget that. Right. Like, you know, it was, it was Jerick McKinnon. He took the snap, pitched it to Mahomes as an option back, and he threw it back. Right. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Well, final question for you, Steve. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, is he in Green Bay next year? Is he retired next year? Or is he playing for other next year? I'm going to hedge it and say he's back in Green Bay next year. Um, I think if he plays, I think he's going to play in Green Bay. Uh, But we'll see. You know, he said he's not going to hold the team hostage. He'll come to the season pretty quickly. But this is kind of like Brett Favre, you know, the end of his career all over again. You know, if, if that's the case, Jordan Love, it'll be, what, his fourth year? Yeah. Not playing? Contract so, year. <laughs> I mean, how about that? I mean, you talk about a wasted pick. Right. So yep. we'll, we'll see. But if, 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 if he comes back to play again, I think he'll be back in Green Bay. There you go. Well, Steve, fantastic stuff on NFL Network. What are you working on next that we should be on the lookout for? Get ready for the playoffs. I will be at the uh, Seahawks-Niners game this weekend. Nice. But I'll be at NFL Net, on, on NFL Now. Um, Tuesday and Thursday and Friday the rest of the week. Nice. Well, keep up the great work. We definitely appreciate a few minutes of your time this afternoon. Appreciate you guys. All right, there you go. Steve Weiss right there, the great Steve Weiss from NFL Network. And uh, he'll be at San Francisco, Seattle. That should be a good game. Really should, especially with uh, that 49er defense. I want to see what they look like against Geno and the, the Seahawks think that uh, they're going to have their way with them. Just my gut feeling, just going to go out on the limb and say they're going to have their way with them. 
But we'll see. That's why they play the games. 316 is the time. Many thanks to Steve for joining us there. When we come back, we'll get to some calls, texts, and more locker room sound as well. Spanish Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Steve Weiss from NFL Network. Joined us in the last segment just to talk a little Raiders, talk a little NFL, talk a little possibilities. And, of course, the quarterback situation with the Raiders is going to be the hottest topic until it's not. Right? It's not something that I want to dwell on and not something I'm going to dwell on because, again, as anyone who's listened to this show more than once knows, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that just throws up like DeMond throws a little lob to, to Steve, to alley-oop. I, I, I'm not that guy. I, I like to have deeper discussions uh, besides just the quarterback position. But, of course, it's going to be a hot topic until it's not. Albert Breer put out today uh, that you know the, the Raiders were heavily pursuing Tom Brady. And I know people don't want to hear that. I know my man Jason in Maryland's tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing it, actually. You know, and, and unfortunately, he's in the playoffs. So there's nothing that's going to be happening anytime soon, right? And, of course, they've got to figure out their, their situation with Derek Carr. Uh, matter of fact, earlier today, head coach Joshua Daniels talked about his situation and the situation with Derek Carr and if they were going to sit down and have a conversation with D.C. Uh, and do a little bit of evaluating as everyone is under evaluation. Here's that conversation, or here's that soundbite. Uh, I think, I think again, I think there's going to be some time here that we need to go back through everything that we've done, um, and it's going to start with him, you know. And so we're going to look at, um, you know, the, the games we've played, um, our performance um, at every position, and try to, <clears throat> you know, just just look at it objectively now. I mean, now we're not getting ready for another opponent. We're not focused on a game plan. Uh, now we're just looking at, you know, what we've done. And, um, and at the end of the day, you know, we'll need to make some decisions about everything. You know, that position obviously is paramount, but, you know, it would be no different in any other position. You know, but it'll, it'll start with that. That's the process that we're getting ready to embark on. Um, we have not done that yet. Uh, we will. Uh, and it'll take us a little time, you know, because that's, it needs to be thorough and it needs to, it deserves time. That's what it deserves. And so um, there's a lot that will go into that. And before we make any final proclamations or decisions, um, there's a lot of people that are going to need to, you know, do some, some evaluating here, watch a lot of tape, have a lot of discussions that are hopefully very fruitful. And, uh, and then when we're ready to go, we'll move on. Joshua Daniels right there talking about Derek Carr and the evaluation. And he said the evaluation starts with, with D.C. You know, and they're going to sit down and have some discussions. And now that some time has cooled off since the time that he sat down and also removed himself from the team for the uh, final couple games of the season to now, uh, maybe cooler heads can prevail in the situation and they can come to some kind of agreement. Or maybe ultimately they don't. You know, I know there's been a lot of conversations about why would any team trade for him? Why would, uh, you know, D.C. want to trade? And the only thing I would say, and I've said this before and we talked to Ed Graney about it earlier, would be just because he wants to secure the contract that he's got. That's the only reason. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. Again, I, I don't care what happens. If they decide to release him, they decide to release him. If they're able to trade him and get anything for him, great. That's fine. Either way, it doesn't make me any difference. So anyone who's like, I just want to be right, I don't care about being right. I just think that the money is what would make him save, you know, try to try to make a trade. But that's it. That's really it because uh, outside of that, like Steve Weiss said and like many others, including Jason in Maryland, you know, there's not really a lot of motivation to, to be a trade, trade asset when you could just wait to get released and sign with the team that you want to sign to. 702-365-9200. Coming up about 3.30, we'll hear from Max Crosby. Very good conversation inside the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. But first, let's go out to Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's up, DeMond, man? 
things I'm happy about this year, man, was was Mad Max and the way he kept it together, watching Jacobs do what he did when, when, when he didn't get the contract and, and didn't give up. He, he really showed his love for this team and his love for the nation and just, just going out there and giving his all every single game. And one thing I'm really that I'm really pissed off about is the way we ended on Sunday, man. I mean, we're at home. We didn't even come out and play with any with any passion or any heart. It was just like we rolled over. And, and that was really disappointing and put a sour taste in my mouth going into the offseason, man. I, I really wanted us to go out there and make a statement at home, knowing it was going to be a sea of red. I just really wish they could have ended it that way, Q. And, and I'm really mad about the, the overall record, man. I mean, I know a lot of games are close or hit and miss, but, man, it, it, it's a hard pill to swallow this year, man. We let go of some key players that were key pieces, man, and I don't know if Mark can ever get this back because once you take them five steps backwards, it's hard to take them steps to get back up them stairs again, man. So I, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's a little it's a little hard. It's a big, big hard pill to swallow this offseason. So, and I'm like you, man. I'm tired of hearing about quarterbacks. But if, if, but if we're going to trade all the way up to try to get one of these young guys, I just don't think that's beneficial to the team when we have so many holes on the defense. I don't think one quarterback and, and wasting all those future picks is, is the best move, man. So I really hope Josh don't do that, man. I really hope he don't sacrifice our future for, for one of these quarterbacks. I'm not saying they're not good, but, but no, I, everyone's talking. Of... All right, take care, man. All right. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, no, I agree with you 100%. Uh, someone asked me about that over the weekend. They said, uh, you know, and that's when everyone thought that the Raiders were going to be picking at number six. Ultimately, they're picking at seven. And so they said, well, what would it take to trade up from seven to one? And I think at the time the conversation was six to one. And I said, well, on the, the trade value, the draft pick chart, uh, it's basically number one overall pick is valued at 3,000 points. Number six is valued at 1,500 or 1700. I think number 7 is is valued at 1500. Anyway, you get the point. It's right there. So that's a lot of draft capital that you have to give up to move those spots all the way up to number 1. And I don't think that there's a quarterback that is worth that number 1 spot trading all the way up to get that number 1 spot like he's going to save the day. I like Bryce Young a lot. I like CJ Stroud, but I don't think that they're going to come in day 1 and all of a sudden make the Raiders a Super Bowl contender. So I'm with you, passionate. I would sit there at number 7 or I would trade back. And, of course, we're going to have so long to talk about the draft. And then it'll be here before you know it. It's in April and in in Kansas City. Can't wait to be there for Radio Nation Radio 920 and represent there. I would either pick the best defensive player. This is my options at number seven. Pick the best defensive player that's available at that time or the best offensive lineman. And I think it's the young man from uh, Ohio State, uh, Paris, and I forget his last name. I apologize for that. But uh, I, I think that that would be the best option. If you're going to stay at number seven, one of those two guys, and if not, trade back and, and collect more draft capital, if possible, to be able to have the opportunity to continue to build that defense because that defense is in a world of hurt. It needs a lot of fixing, a lot of fixing. Again, I've said it a bunch of times. The only guy that I think is 100%, no doubt about it, a dude on that squad is Max Crosby. Everyone else has a lot to prove. There's guys on there that are good. Nate Hobbs, maybe Trayvon Merrick, maybe Denzel Perryman if he returns. I mean, he's good, but if he has to return. He's a free agent. So there's a lot, a ton of questions, as a matter of fact, on that defensive side of the ball. The one guy that I said, Max Crosby, fantastic. You know what you're going to get from him and then some. Speaking of Max, we'll hear from him next. As we went inside the Raider locker room following uh, Josh McDaniel's season-ending presser, you'll hear that conversation in its entirety next here on Red Nation Radio 920. 
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Shout out to my man Adam Hill. He won Nevada Sports Writer of the Year Award. That's awesome. And Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 Sports. He also won Sports Broadcaster of the Year. I know both those guys really well. Adam Hill's a guest on the show all the time. And, well, Kevin drives a Cadillac. (laughs) Kevin's my homeboy. He's in the Cadillac club with me. So uh, big ups to Kevin and big ups to Adam Hill. Uh, That's a great great award that they received. So uh, big ups to those guys. And we'll have to talk to Adam Hill about that next time. He joins the show. I've been asking the question here on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, what's your biggest disappointment for the 2022 season? And what's your, you know, biggest, I guess, excitement? What, what would make you, what made you the happiest? What were you most excited about in the 2022 season? When you're 6-11, and 11, it's hard to be excited about a lot, right? Uh, one of my biggest excitements is the fact that Josh Jacobs was able to have the season he had, playing in all 17 games, even though, uh, the last game of the season was very questionable. There was multiple games that were very questionable, but the last one, because of what was going on with his pops and the fact that he had emergency heart surgery, and because his dad told him to actually play in that game is the reason why he played. So uh, him returning to, to Vegas to play in that final game of the year, playing all 17 games, I thought that that was uh, a hell of a story. Max Crosby, obviously, and what he was able to do is a hell of a story as well. Mailman Raider said, most disappointing, the play calling on both sides. We talked about all offseason how Josh McDaniels is the mastermind and Pat Graham is good enough to be a head coach. I've seen it sometimes, but not often. Most excited about the building blocks we have on the team that free agents will want to play with and keep the future bright. That's a good point, Mailman Raider. Thank you so much for that text. And one of those building blocks, a massive building block on the defensive side of things, is Max Crosby. We had an opportunity to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room a little while ago at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Here's that conversation. Max, obviously the record may not have shown it, but you guys were in so many close games this year. How much encouragement does that give you that you you might be closer than maybe the record suggests? Yeah, you know, uh, that's just a part of it. You know, obviously last year we won a ton of close games. So, um, you know, you could look at it any way you want, but 6-11 and 11 is 6-11. and 11, right. You know, it's unacceptable. Um, but I know we're going in the right direction. I don't think we're as far as what everyone thinks. Um, and that's just my opinion. But um, like I said earlier, you know, there's – I think everything needs to get reevaluated um, from, you know, everybody. Um, and, you know, the, the standard is, is the main thing that I feel like, you know, we need to really look at. It's like, you know, we got to go watch the practices, watch the games, see who, you know, what, what is the standard when it comes to playing hard? What, is, what does that take? You know, and that's, and that's every single guy on the team. You know, there's no, there's no, there shouldn't be no gray area. You know, there should be 11 guys playing relentlessly no matter what the score is no matter what you know our situation is uh, and that's that's how I carry myself and that's how I want everybody on this team to carry themselves and I know we got you know some of those guys here um, but I know uh, Josh McDaniels and, and Dave are gonna do everything they can to um, bring in as many guys as they can that have that same mindset. How different do you think the defense might be next year from a personnel standpoint? Um, I, you know I expect there to be a big turnover I know that's you know it's a, basically every year in the NFL you know I've had you know, I've been in the NFL was, what, four years now, and I've had three different D coordinators. I've had three different head coaches. I've had <laughs> millions of different teammates. It's just a part of it. So, uh, you know, that's just, you know, expected at this point. But, you know, for me, I've, I'm, you know, 
I don't want to lose. You know, that's I, I come here, I work year-round to win um, and put our team in the best position to win. I want a bunch of guys who have that same mindset. If four or five plays make a, a, a game, can switch the game either way, how close really is this team, do you think, to, to on that side of success as opposed to failure? Um, sorry, I got distracted. Can someone lift that up? Dude, yeah, just yeah, donkey yeah. kick me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, sorry, what was your question? No, I was just wondering if, if, if it's really, say, four or five plays that, that between winning and, and losing a game and so forth in an NFL game, how how close is this team to being a successful franchise? Yeah, you know, that's, that's the tough part. You know, there's so many close games, and, uh, you know, that was the thing last year. We won a ton of those games, and this year it didn't go our way, but... Um, I don't think we're as far as everyone, you know, as some of the people think. Uh, at the end of the day, we have to learn how to win um, as a team. We have to be more consistent. Um, there can't be as many lulls in the game. It can't be a great first half and a, a bad second half. It's got to all, all, you know, work together. And uh, I feel like that just starts with the standard. You know, the standard um, is it starts in the offseason, starts in practice, um, running to the ball, the little details. And uh, that's something I feel like, you know, we definitely need to, um, address and, and, and definitely you know improve on uh, just being our best every single day there can be ups and downs um, there could be a little you know you could have a couple bad moments in your day but you can never have bad days you know that's that's the way I look at it so um, we need everybody on the same page and just continue to grow and uh, I feel like Josh and Dave and all those guys are, are doing a great job and, and we're going in the right direction well, you said you're always focusing and locked in on improving as an individual and kind of control what you can control but yeah. how much faith do you also have in, in the coaching staff and the personnel staff in order to build up this defense and help you know kind of help the, the unit as a whole have more success next year um you know i have a ton of faith in them you know i feel like they want to do it the right way i feel like they are doing it the right way it just takes everybody to do it the right way you know if that makes any sense you know the nfl is it's not easy to win um you know i've been on the both sides of it i've been i was in the playoffs last year and we weren't this year um the the level of detail and the level of you know uh, attention to the little things is is literally everything you know and when it comes to a game like you said there's four or five plays that really determine you know uh if you're going to be a six and ten team or six or six and eleven team or a ten and seven team and uh you know every little thing matters and uh, i feel like that's uh something we got to improve on is not taking a single play for granted um, we needed every single guy on the team with that same mindset you know it can't just be a couple guys um playing their hearts out it's got to be every single day it's got to be every single play there's no there's no days off there's no plays off like that if you really watch um you know it really comes down to little details and that's something i feel like we definitely got to improve on who are some guys in this locker room or in the coaching staff you believe really have helped you make a leap in becoming a better leader and a better player this season um you know there's a ton of people you know obviously i think um you know a guy like chandler jones first off you know him coming here has been incredible experience um he's one of the best people i know so uh yeah him coming to the locker room uh Devonte Adams as well, like those two guys, I know will be life lifelong friends, and I've only known them for eight nine months. So that just tells you how special those dudes are. Um, and I feel like you, you know, I can go on and on. Josh Jacobs, um, there's there's a ton. So um, you know, I feel like we definitely got the right people. Um, we got the main, you know, like main pieces wise. You know, we got a lot of great pieces, but it's got to be a full roster of of dudes who are dogs and people that love this game and I you know I feel like we're going in that direction it's just going to take a little bit more time than what people expected as Max Crosby cleans out his locker now and wraps it up what, what's kind of next for you now for the next few months um you know obviously I gotta you know go back to the drawing board see uh the things I did well see the things I can improve on um but yeah this is year round for me I do this 
all year round I want to be the best in the league uh, I tell tell you guys that all the time that's why I work I don't work to be the fourth best the second best I want to be the best and uh, I, that's going to give us our best opportunity to win and uh, as a leader you know that's something as well you know I don't want to be a middle of the road leader I want to be want guys to you know when they talk about me is a guy that's going to do anything they can uh, to help this team win and, and uh, push us in the right direction so uh, yeah I'm going to just reevaluate everything and uh, continue working like like I work and uh, you know take another big step next year new coaches new systems what was your one positive takeaway from this year and what the messages was from them what you took away yeah you know uh First off, you know, Josh has been awesome. You know, ever since I got here, dude's been straightforward with me. Um, we have a great relationship, and uh, he's just, uh, he's got a certain way that he wants things done, and, you know, just like any other head coach. And uh, hard work is, like, the number one thing. And, uh, you know, we needed everybody on that same page. And obviously they come in, you know, in February. they got to build a whole roster basically from scratch, and uh, it's not easy. Uh, and so, you know, I give them a ton of credit, you know, just from a work work ethic uh, standpoint, these guys are in the building literally 24/7, and uh, they're doing everything they can to put us in a position to win. And uh, you know, it's it's obviously this season didn't go the way we wanted to, but like I said, you know, I feel like we definitely got the right uh, right coaches, and we're going in the right direction. We just gotta put it all together next year for sure. When Chandler Jones came, he said he wanted to play with you. How, how, how good of a recruiter are you becoming? <laughs> um, you know, that's something I, you know, I, I want to do as well. You know, help bring in the best guys. Uh, I want guys who are like-minded, guys that are relentless and, and love this game. And um, you know, with the coaching staff, you know, they they know I'm gonna be in their ear. You know, especially about certain guys that I want. And uh, you know, that's not my responsibility, but I'm always, you know, sharing my two cents. And uh, you know, I just want to win. You know, I want to have guys out there who are dogs and not scared to go be great and go make plays. And uh, you know, we just got to have, you know, more guys like that. And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, we, we're off to a good start. We got, we have Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams on this team. Dudes are savages. And uh, we get more guys who are like-minded and uh, dogs. We're going to be good. Max, coming into this year, I think everybody already knew you could rush the passer, but you, know, you led the league in tackles for loss this year. You up there in run stops and tackles with defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. Went into that growth in, in the run game for you over your career, but especially breaking out in that aspect this year. Um, I think it's just attention to detail, um, attention to – uh, the little things getting better um, every single day. You know, when people ask, like, what do you want to improve, you know, this year, everyone always says that after the season. Uh, I don't just pinpoint one little thing. You know, for me, it's constant, you know, from the weight room to getting stronger to, you know, critiquing my moves to what can I do better against this? How can I play this smarter? Um, I think that all ties in. And, you know, Pat Graham and those guys helped me a lot as well. Um, but yeah, just doing doing it every single day, you know, coming in here with the right mindset and and working to improve. And uh, I feel like you do that, you know, great things are going to happen. And uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a testament of that. You know, Devontae Adams will tell you the same thing. You know, the guy was after his second year in the league, he was, you know, he thought he was about to be cut. And uh, the dude reevaluated everything, and he's the best in the league now. So that's the way I look at it. You know, I want, like I said, I want guys like that around me guys that want to be great, guys that aren't scared to be great. Um, and it starts with the work ethic, being in here every single day with the right mindset um, and challenging yourself to a different standard because, you know, you can get in the NFL and, you know, you can get paid and do a lot of, you know, do whatever you want to do with your life, to be honest. But at the end of the day, your legacy is the most important thing, and that's the way I look at it. Um, that's the way I know Devontae, I know Josh Jacobs, those guys look at it because I could play 12 years and be done 
at 33, um, and I have a whole life ahead of me. And if I look back and I, you know, have regrets about the work I put in, um, I know I'll, I'll forever, you know, uh, be mad at myself for that. So I'm gonna keep working um, to be the best player I could possibly be. And uh, my journey to be the absolute best is, you know, I feel like just getting started. And I, uh, you know, I feel like it's just the beginning. Max, you talk about legacy. Um, it's likely that Derek Carr won't be back in this locker room mm-hmm. next year. Can you just summarize the relationship you built and, and what he means to you? Uh, yeah, Derek, uh, you know, I go on and on about Derek. You know, me and him are great friends. Uh, I wish, you know, wish him nothing but the best. Uh, you know, obviously, this business is tough sometimes. Uh, like I said, you know, it's it's a, it's a business. Um, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a lot of you know contract, all that stuff ties into it. So um, you can't take it personally. And uh, you know, he's done a lot of great things for this organization. Um, he's always worked hard. He's always been a guy that um, has been positive and brought great great juice to the locker room. So um, you know, I got love for Derek and wishing the best for sure. How much are you looking forward to, to spending time at home? Uh, definitely these last two days I've been able to just sleep in and relax and you know I've been holding her like a football around the house she's just been chilling she's been chilling so yeah I think her mom you know she Rachel gets mad at me uh I feel like she's slightly jealous because she cries you know how babies are they cry all the time but for some reason when I hold her she's just silent chilling so um you know it's just a part of it um but it's been great man you know uh just being home with Rachel and being home with the baby, um, finally getting some time to just kind of sit back and relax a little bit has been awesome, and uh, uh, definitely look forward to you know continue doing that this offseason. What's your favorite part about Josh's coaching style? Um, you know, I, I like the way um, he implements you know hard work, like when it comes to training and things like that after practice doing extra like he's all about that and that's something I, I truly respect and I appreciate it because the way I train I don't train to just check a box you know what I mean I always there's after everything I do I always have something extra on top of it so he's like that and uh he wants a bunch of guys that have that same mindset um not you know Shimon about all right you know we got to do a little extra running today it's like all right let's go let's get better like that's that's the thing I love about him and he's a obviously he's a great coach you know he knows he knows the game of football very well and uh you know I got a ton of ton of love and respect for him and I you know, looking forward to you know continuing my career with them. With your Texas ties, is it TCU tonight or is it Georgia? Oh, I'm I'm definitely room for TCU. <laughs> Fort Worth's like 25 minutes from the crib, so yeah. um, I'm definitely room for TCU. My sister, her best friend's a cheerleader for them too, okay. so uh, yeah, I'm definitely room for the Horn Frogs. <laughs> there you go, Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room. I told you that was some good stuff. I told you that was some good stuff, wasn't it? How many times did he mention Josh Jacobs? How many times did he mention Devontae Adams? How much did he? How many times did he mention the elite guys that are in the locker room? Him, Devontae, Josh, Josh, Devontae, him, Josh, him, Devontae. I mean, whatever the case may be, however you want to dance it up, however you want to dress it up, those are the guys that he continued to mention. Those are the guys that he wants more of in the locker room. How many times did he mention guys that aren't afraid to go make plays? How many times have we talked about playmakers on this show? How many times have we talked about guys with that strong work ethic, guys that want to be good but then have the work ethic to want to be great? and believe that they can achieve that. That's who Max Crosby is. That's what the Raiders need more of. Not saying that every one of those guys in the locker room don't work hard, but Max Crosby is that guy that works harder, right? And he wants more guys to follow that lead. That's the kind of leader that you have to have in the locker room is the guy that will set the tone, right? If, 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 you're, if you're in that locker room, you see Max Crosby, who's the best player on the defensive side of the ball and damn near one of the best players in the locker room. He is. I would put him in the top three. Devontae, Josh, and Max, whatever order you want to put it in, there's not a problem. 
if he's putting in extra work, who are you not to put in extra work? Who are you to say, like, I'm good. Yeah, we ran our, our sprints that we were supposed to run. I'm good. If that guy can do it and that guy can do it and that guy can do it, then, Jack, you should be doing it too. That's the kind of players that Max Crosby was talking about. He said, we need some, we need some, some dudes that want it in the locker room. That's what the Raiders have a lack of. They don't have a lack of talent. They got talent. If you're in the NFL, you're talented. You didn't make it to the league on accident. But you've got to have that extra want to, the want to to be great. There's, I guarantee there's someone right now that's working out. And it's probably Max, right? Max talked about sleeping in for a couple days. That's all he's going to sleep in is a couple days. And he'll be right back at the facility. I, I'm trying to remember what day it was that I went to the facility super early. And it was something I had to do at the facility. What was it? Was it? I don't know what day it was. It was someday last week I went there. And it was an off day. And the parking lot was empty, absolutely empty. And the only car that was there was Max's car. The only car that was there. Letting you know he was in there somewhere, working out, looking at film, rehabbing, whatever he was doing, but he's there working. That's that dude, when he takes a couple days off, that's all he's going to take off is a couple days and then get right back on it. You heard him say, I do this all year long because I want to be great. That's what you need to have. You want to have guys that want to be great, not be good, not be financially taken care of, but want to be great. That was some really good stuff to wrap up the season with Max Crosby. 3.48 the time. When we come back, we'll hear from Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He has a take, and we did a little uh, podcast this morning, and he gave his thoughts on TCU in Georgia. So you hear from that as we close out hour number two. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, Vegas Jess. Twilight are in the building. <laughs> Twilight's getting a lot of, uh, of play out of that jersey, man. He's got that jersey. He's rocking it. I'm not mad. My man Jason's in the building. We're hanging out. Of course, the national championship game will be coming on in a little while. About 445 is official kickoff time. TCU and Georgia coming up at 4 o'clock. Matter of fact, we'll have my guy, Steven Simcox, used to be my co-host in ESPN Central Texas. TCU alum, host of the Locked On Horn Frog Show. We'll get his thoughts on TCU and how they even got here. He didn't pick them to get there. He picked them to win seven games all year. And here they are, losers of one game all season. So we'll talk to Steven coming up at the top of the hour. But earlier this morning, each and every day, I talked to Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He's our guest on the show here on Fridays at 4.30. And we just do a quick, you know, three or four games we go through real quick. It's called Locked on Bets. It's a fun little show. So, of course, today being the national championship game, we had to give our thoughts on it. Right now... TCU is the underdog. Georgia is favored by 13 and a half perts. That's a lot of perts. <laughs> That's a lot of perts. So we had our conversation about it, and how we closed it out was the lock of the day. So this game was the lock of the day. Lee Sterling gave it a level three lock. What was the level three lock? Well, you'll hear the conversation right now. All right, so you're saying to yourself, why is this line 13? You always got to look at a line and figure out why it is so high or so low. And the reason it's high, Georgia won the national title last year. They get higher recruited players. They start off the season really strong. They destroyed the Oregon Ducks. But I don't think they're the same team that started the season. I don't think they're the same team in the middle of the season. They play 60% of their snaps with two or more tight ends. Their second and third string tight end, it looks like we'll probably not play in this game tonight. Mm. So I think that's a big factor. they got to change some things around there. 
they have a quarterback in Stetson Bennett, I'd be shocked if he gets a sniff in the NFL. I don't think he's an NFL player. Max Duggan, I think the kid is a great college quarterback. I think he's a competitor. He can pass well, run a lot better than Stetson Bennett. He's a runner. He has a heart that is like three times the size probably of most people. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> it seems pretty big the way the kid yeah, plays. No doubt. And they play a 3-3-5 defense. Georgia hasn't faced a 3-3-5 defense, and you're thinking, oh, well, Georgia will just run the football on them. They show so many different looks. It is tough in nine days' time to prepare for a defense you have never faced. And the kids are making plays. People say, oh, well, Michigan threw two pick sixes. No, TCU mm. made plays yep. to make them pick sixes. So I, I think maybe a little bit, a few people have some doubts about Kendra Miller playing. I think he's really good running back. But even if he doesn't play, Amari DiMercato, I think is a special running back, number three. He's a home run hitter. So he's probably one of the best backups that no one knows about. And Quentin Johnson, number Man. one wide receiver, I think he's a top 10, 12 pick in the NFL draft. He's one of these guys, 6'5", can fly like the wind, big-time player, makes plays. So this line should be like seven and a half, eight tops, not 13 here. We're going to go with TCU with a level three lock, maybe Ooh. the first time we've ever done it on a Monday night. TCU plus the 13 against Georgia. We might see another game go right down to the wire. There he goes right there, at least early. So not saying that he's he's not saying TCU is going to win, but he said 13 points is a lot, and now it's at the 13 and a half. And I do think that that's a lot. Now, look, Georgia might go in there with those uh, SEC tendencies and, and handle their business, but I'll tell you what, I believe that the physicality that TCU plays with and the point that he brought up about the two pick sixes that they had against Michigan, that ain't on accident, right? That didn't just happen because they got lucky. That they, they expect to make plays. That defense believes that they can go and get the ball, something that the Raiders need to incorporate in their defense, going and being able to make plays, right? It's, it's more than just luck when you create a turnover. There's something that has to do with skill. And TCU, they believe that they're going to make plays, and they do more times than not. And teams that are really good at creating turnovers, that's what they do. Just like kick returns. You saw the Bills take two to the house on Sunday. I was telling the wife, I said, man, the Bills took two to the house on Sunday. The Raiders ain't taken one to the house in years. Years. It's just something about it, man. You've got to have that skill set. So uh, I'm hoping TCU wins the game. I don't know if that's going to happen. But I do think that they're going to keep it close. So I'm excited for this one. This one should be fun to, to break down. A game I never thought I would see. I never thought I would see a team called TCU get into the college football playoff. I didn't think that that brand was big enough for uh, the college football playoff committee to put them in. But here we are. And we're about 34 minutes and 20 seconds, according to these TVs at the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, from seeing the kickoff and the start of the 2022 National Championship game between TCU, ranked third in the country, and Georgia, ranked number one. Speaking of TCU, coming up next, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. My guy, Stephen Simcox, will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.